You're listening to the Immaculate Podcast with Tim McMaster and Ed Bashet. Episode two of the Immaculate Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Ed Bouchette. And Ed, it's, it's episode two technically. There We did one last week, but it feels like episode one because it is officially NFL podcast launch day here at The Athletic. You can catch this podcast on The Athletic if you're listening to it there. But also, every Monday episode of this podcast is also going to be available on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. So exciting news there, and um, we are we are back at it. You excited to get another one of these under our belts? I am, Tim. Uh, you know, especially uh, this launch. Uh, we have a countdown for the launch, or you know, is it like Cape Canaveral? <laughs> Well, by the time people hear this, it will have passed. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, there was um, there was a there was a big countdown around headquarters, I think, in San Francisco, and uh, we are off and running. Of course, it's you and I every Monday, and then Mark Caboli will join me on Thursdays. As you guys do such a great job covering the Steelers, you're both going to be a big part of this podcast as well. And I'll just kind of steer the ship and let you guys share your knowledge about the team. Um, and we have a lot to get to on this edition of the podcast. We're going to talk about the big news in the NFL this week was obviously Andrew Luck's retirement. We're going to kind of tie that in with the Steelers and some shocking, not necessarily retirements, but some shocking departures from the Steelers organization over the years. We'll talk about some roster hopefuls as we get ready for preseason game number four coming up on Thursday night before the final cuts come out on Saturday afternoon. Um, But before we get to that stuff and, and the quarterback situation, Ed, the game was on NBC, uh, preseason game number three, and they unveiled some new technology. Um, and, and you had some tweets about it, but they have the sky cam now on NBC. It's a wider shot. You see a lot of field. What do you think? Well, let's hope that was a, an experiment that ends soon, Tim. Um, <laughs> I thought it was terrible. You could not, uh, especially with a, a preseason game when there's so many players coming in and out, you couldn't tell who was who couldn't see the numbers it's hard to watch the football hard to watch uh at all um I'm, I'm sorry but i i just like the traditional way of doing it if they want to go behind the offense if they as they've done in the past uh even behind the defense that's fine but the sideline shot it makes you look like you're in the upper deck at heinz field or in this case in tennessee and you know they have great ratings um and I, I understand the need to experiment, and you do that in the preseason. But if it ain't broke, Tim, don't fix it. Yeah, and I agree with you. The reason people love watching football on TV as opposed to always trying to get to the game is that you have such a great vantage point. And then they're basically, like you said, putting you in the upper deck for the game. I did The one thing I'll say about it is pre-snap, it was kind of cool to see exactly where all the defenders were. Um, the free safeties and everything. But overall, it's just not the same viewing experience. Hopefully, they either tweak it or decide that it wasn't a good idea and, and get back to uh, to what we're used to as far as watching these games on TV. So hopefully, we get to that. Now, v- through that terrible camera, we did get to see a defense that, man, they, they win the game 18-6, to and when the first-line defense was out there, at this looks like a different defense than we've seen in recent years from the Steelers, a defense that can really be a difference maker. Yeah, Tim, and I wrote about this earlier um, in training camp for the Athletic that um, uh, they've been trying for years 
um, to to get back to a great defense. And, it, and it's not easy to do. Uh, I saw it in the uh, 70s when all those guys got old uh, in the early 80s and they started retiring and leaving and getting cut. Uh, it took a long, long time for them to get back. And, um, you know, the Steelers have, have done it. I, 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 they're back. Um, and I wrote this uh, earlier on. This defense is going to be faster. Uh, they've filled in a lot of the holes. Now, injuries can, can ruin everything, as we saw with Ryan Shazier. Uh, the best laid plans, you know, injuries are going to kill you. And it, it's, it happens around the league. But uh, barring that, uh, uh, you know, they've solidified inside linebackers so much better than they did than they were last year. Uh, cornerback Steven Nelson, I think even Artie Burns is going to be better this year. Um, so, uh, you know, and, you know, Devin Bush adding him, uh, Mark Barron, um, I think the uh, safeties are going to be better. Terrell Edmonds uh, was a rookie last year. He's in his second year, and I, I think he's going to be uh, really dynamic. All right, let's get to the uh, over to the offense a little bit and talk about the quarterbacks uh, in the in the preseason game number three. You had talked about the fact that there was really no need for Ben to play in the game. He did end up playing. He ended up going 8 for 13 for 63 yards, one touchdown. I mean, but the main thing with Ben Roethlisberger is he didn't get hurt, and now he's ready to go for, for week number one. Did he sound like he got any benefit from playing in a preseason game? Um, you know, he'll say he did. Um, I saw a lot of dink and dunk passes except for that touchdown pass to Juju Smith-Schuster, Tim. A uh, lot of throws, short throws. It was obvious they didn't want him sitting back in the pocket very long. So I don't know what it benefited, but, you know, hey, the coaches think it does, and they're closer to that situation than I am. All right, let's go through the other two because that's where the real talk is about this backup position. And uh, Dobbs goes four for nine, 79 yards, no touchdowns. He threw a pick. Mason Rudolph, six for nine, 75 yards. He had a touchdown and a pick. Did I mean, the numbers are the numbers, but when you saw these guys on the field, did one in your mind step up a little bit more than the other? Well, I've said it all along. I think Mason Rudolph is, is on his way to be a number two and he's been on that track since the spring, and um, I see no reason why uh, he won't be number two. Not that Dobbs has been terrible, but I think Rudolph's been sharper. They want they would you know they they want him to be number two, and what I mean by that is um, they had first round grades on him, and uh, they drafted him obviously in the third round, but they 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 want that verification that he could be the guy to succeed Ben, that he can be the guy to step in uh, when, um, if Ben gets hurt, uh, that they need uh, a good solid number two right now, and I think they're going to have that in Mason Rudolph. Um, the two interceptions by each were, I don't think, either of their fault. James Washington didn't finish out his route, or he, he didn't know that he was supposed to do an out, and... Uh, that's where Rudolph threw the ball, and it was easily picked off. And then um, Dobbs' pass was on the money, and it was dropped, uh, tipped up in the air, and, and, and intercepted. So I would discount those two interceptions. Dobbs um, uh, readily uh, can run with the football, and Mason Rudolph cannot. But <laughs> I don't think the coaches factor that in a whole lot when they decide, Tim. 
It, um, they, they may not factor that in, but when you think about being in a game situation, if Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt and one of those guys has to come in, I would think the playbook stays exactly the same for Rudolph, whereas maybe you change things up for Dobbs. But you don't think that's a factor at all as, as far as the decision of who should be the direct backup for, for Ben? Well, that too. Um, you know, uh, Dobbs still has a tendency to run a little more than probably he should, and I saw that early on with Cordell Stewart. Um, he he would run and take off, and we saw it early on actually with Ben Roethlisberger as well. Uh, you can make plays doing that, but ultimately um, these guys want them to stay in the pocket. Uh, you're you're not you're not going to have a long career if you're continually out there as a quarterback trying to run. Yeah, that is certainly true. And speaking of quarterbacks that aren't having long careers, that's a great – you set me up there perfectly, Ed, to bring this to the Andrew Luck story. And 29 years old, the old Colts quarterback decides to call it quits. So many injuries over the years. They never really put a great offensive line around him, but he had some really bad injuries. Um, I was struggling to get back this year with a what was a calf-slash-ankle-type injury. It was kind of mysterious. And then on Saturday night, the news leaks while the Colts are on the field that Andrew Luck is retiring from the game. Um, the reaction was interesting. A lot of people jumped on and and kind of supported him and said, you know what, you've, you've made a lot of money. You've been banged up so much, all these injuries. You have so much else you can do outside of football. Good luck. Um, and then there was a small group of fans still at the game um, they were probably well into a few adult beverages that actually booed him when he was leaving the field, which was a little surprising coming out of Indianapolis, but it is what it is. But that said, it brings up a, a point of some, some Steelers players that have less, left the organization maybe ahead of when people thought they would. Ed, and you wrote a great article about this, focusing in on a whole bunch of guys over the years. I wanted to focus in on some of them. Um, and the first one that jumps out is the most recent, which is Le'Veon Bell. Very different than Andrew Luck in that he's still playing football, but similar as far as Andrew Luck's leaving his team a couple weeks before the season starts, and Bell, at the last minute, ended up missing all of last season. So the Colts are in a similar position where they're missing one of their star players right before the season starts. Yeah, the, you know, the Steelers thought uh, Bell was going to play again. Uh, he missed the spring and training camp, held out as he did the year before. Um, and they thought he was going to come in six days before the regular season started again in 2018, last year. And he didn't do that. And he left them hanging on whether he was going to come in, when he was going to come in, if he was going to come in uh, for much of the season. Uh Fortunately for them, James Conner, they had James Conner, and he did well in his place. Uh, and when I wrote that story, Tim, it, I, try, I discounted injuries. I mean, you can go back. to the, the biggest was Terry Bradshaw. They did not know he wasn't going to be able to play in 83, and that's why they didn't draft Dan Marino. Uh, but he had an elbow injury, and um, uh, it really set the franchise back. Um, so I didn't include injuries because you can there's a lot of those down through the right. years um you know when i first started covering this team in 1985 david woodley was this was uh, had been the starting quarterback in 84 they had traded for him after bradshaw got hurt and it was obvious they needed another quarterback 
And before the 86 season, Woodley and Malone went, Mark Malone went back and forth as the starters because um, they, there were injuries to each. And Woodley and Malone were going to compete again in 86. Woodley finished up the 85 season as the starter. And then all of a sudden, he calls Chuck Noll and says, I'm done. Uh, and that was in the spring. Now, it wasn't two weeks before the regular season started. But, um, you know, stuff like that uh, down through the years. Um, uh, they had a linebacker, Jason Worlds, who was a starter. And he just up and quit to... to uh, go work for the Jehovah's Witnesses, his religion. Uh, Heath Miller was a surprise quit. Um, Mike Merriweather, like Le'Veon Bell, held out for an entire season, and then they traded him. So there have been instances that's been kind of interesting over the past 30 years, some of these uh, disappearances and retirements. And then, of course, Bill Cower as well on the coaching side, he was set up, it seemed. They were a year away from, or a year past winning a Super Bowl title. Still a very good roster. And Cower just decided to step away from the game. And, of course, he's he's now been in the TV booth uh, analyzing games longer than he was a head coach for the Steelers. Um, but how did that impact? It's different than a player. But in a lot of ways, it's a lot bigger because he's obviously overseeing the entire franchise now. They they obviously did what the Steelers do and found another head coach who would be with them for a long time in Mike Tomlin. Um, but but take us back to when Cowher stepped away and surprised everybody. Yeah, well, that was a surprise, uh, somewhat of a surprise, Tim. A lot of us saw a difference in Cowher that year. His family is, had moved. His wife moved the family to North Carolina and he was going back and forth, and it was just, I think, tearing him apart to be away from them. He had three girls. Uh, his wife is a North, uh, native North Carolinian. They had both met at North Carolina State as students, um, and they lo- were looking for a retirement home down there, and they found one, but she decided to move right away, and um, it really, it really um, it tore at Bill, and that's why he ultimately retired. Um, and the Steelers were fortunate um, to bounce back quickly from that. You know, after hiring Mike Tomlin, uh, they made the playoffs in 07, won a Super Bowl in 08, and we're back in the Super Bowl in 2010. Yeah, they uh, he didn't leave the cupboard bare, that's for sure. When Bill Cowher left, the roster was still ready to win right away. And then how about Ben Roethlisberger a few years ago, 2016, right? He kind of gave you some hints that it might be the end, and now he's still going strong and, and has a new contract. But that could have been a similar situation. It could have been. He said that uh, on his radio show at the time that he was thinking of retiring. And it was shortly after, I think it was like, two days, Tim, after they lost to New England in the AFC title game. And Ben was, um, ben was upset. Uh, he and Todd Haley, he didn't, didn't like working under Todd Haley, and I think he had had enough. And they didn't renew Todd Haley's contract. And uh, coincidentally, Ben told them he'd like to play another three to five years. And here he is. Uh, he's going on that third year uh, since then. 
So every team has to deal with these type of situations, but obviously a tough spot for the Colts with Andrew Luck in his prime on the the better side of 30 and stepping away from the game uh, on a team that was pretty well set up to, to be a contender this year. So it'll be interesting to see what that team does. All right, let's move on to some roster hopefuls, Ed, as we get ready for the final preseason game and, and the cuts that are coming up as well. Um, Cam Kelly has just become a tremendous story over the course of this summer. This is a guy who... Um, a year ago, I uh, was in the Cowboys camp. He's a guy from Texas. He actually grew up um, and, and at some point worked loading up Cowboys equipment trucks as a side job. Um, but he got cut by the Cowboys a year ago. He ended up in the short-lived AAF and made enough of a mark that the Steelers took a chance on him. And since he's arrived with the Steelers, he has looked like an NFL player, right? I mean, this guy, really good chance to make this roster. Yes, all everything you said, Tim. Uh, not only a good chance, I think he has it made. I think he's their number three safety right now. Uh, played a good game the other night uh, in Tennessee uh, again, and um, has done everything they've asked. He looks like he knows has a nose for the ball as well, and um, you know he's going to play a lot uh, with Sean Davis um, and, and uh, Terrell Edmonds as the starters and. Jordan Dangerfield, uh, really the only uh, only real vet with experience uh, left. I think uh, Kelly is really going to uh, – they're going to use a lot of three safeties this year, and I think you might see him a lot. Now, he's a guy that, that played quarterback in high school and was actually really good until an injury kind of hurt him, and which actually hurt his recruiting. Played wide receiver a little bit when he was in college at San Diego State. Um, how does that help him, do you think, on an NFL football field, just being a guy that's played multiple positions and has that kind of ability to do different things? Well, you know, to be a quarterback, uh, you know uh, not only every offensive position, but you, 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 have to, you really study defenses. So you become real knowledgeable about uh, defense, and now he's playing defense. And also to be a quarterback, you have to be really smart and sharp and football aware. And um, that can only help a guy when he's playing safety in the pros. Yeah, certainly. So third spot on that team. Um, how about just a guy comes in like that and kind of comes out of nowhere. And there was a story uh, on the story on The Athletic about Cam Kelly a couple of weeks ago. I joked about the way he got to the – the uh, training camp, borrowing a car from some friends and getting a lift over there and checking in. Um, it, it seems like he's a guy that has a just a hunger and a chip on his shoulder. Do you see that come through when he's playing and, and when he's hanging out with his teammates? Well, like I said, he's um, I, I, I haven't seen him a whole lot hanging out, uh, but right. he is uh, on the field. He's been uh, dynamic, and um, I don't know how the Cowboys maybe missed that. Maybe he he's just after a year of um, you know practicing with uh, with them at, at least in training camp and everything else it something something clicked um, so it's it just it is a good story and they have some other young guys here too that may be surprises when they make their final cut this weekend Tim yeah and a lot um, linebacker right that's an interesting position for this team because there's a, a group of young guys battling and out going head to head. Um, kind of break down that position for us because it seems like it's going to be interesting. The starters are set, but that bench could get interesting come come Thursday night and into Saturday cut day. Yeah, you know, it, let's start with inside linebacker because I mentioned they're so much stronger there than they were last year with Bush and M Mark Barron added 
to the mix. Uh, a late-round draft pick, Ulysses Gilbert, has really played well. Uh, and so has Tyler Matakevich. You know, um, he's been around for a long time. Uh, I think this is his fourth year. He's been uh, a really good special teams player. So I don't know what the numbers are going to be like there, but if you're looking at Vince Williams, Mark Barron, and Devin Bush as your three, you know, three guys who are going to play a lot, and then Matakevich and Gilbert, that's five. Uh, usually they only keep nine linebackers, uh, and I'm talking about the outside guys too. But there's some, there's one or two out there as well who are trying to um, uh, make this team. So it, I don't know that they go to ten. Uh, it may uh, come down to that. It could come down to Matikevich versus Gilbert. Um, you know, the outside is is set as well with Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt and also Anthony Ciccolo. So there you have three. Um, there's a, there's another kid who's really um, um, making his mark out there, Tuzar Skipper, an undrafted rookie um, who uh, has, has done well. Uh, he would be my fourth guy. Well, Denny. Uh, Ola Denny will be the fourth linebacker. It's a question now of what they're going to do. They can put him on injured reserve. He's hurt. He had surgery on his knee. Um, he might be back for the second or third week, but if they want to, they can put him on injured reserve and bring him back around midseason. I don't know that they want to do that or if they want to carry him. Um, but then it would be Tuzar Skipper, I think, um, uh, who would who would probably make this team? Uh, he, you know, he's a good story, undrafted free, undrafted rookie. How much for those positions for those guys battling those those final spots to get on the roster? How much is it going to come down to what they show on Thursday night in the uh, the fourth preseason game? Well, usually, um, it it it's rare when a guy makes the team based on that fourth game. He can help himself, though, and it has uh, – guys have made it, but not many. Um, what helps all these young guys is how they play on special teams um, because that's where they're going to have to play uh, for the most part. They're not going to start at linebacker, and if they're good special teams players, they can get a uniform on game day, not just make the 53-man roster, but be part of that 45-man uh, team that suits up for regular season games. Um, so uh, they can help themselves, and especially if it's close between like a guy like, you know, like Gilbert and Tyler Matikevich or um, even a Sutton Smith who was a, a draft pick at outside linebacker. He's kind of undersized, and he hasn't done a whole lot yet. Um, you know, this if they have a big game, hey, Maybe it, it, it changes their opinion a little bit. Yeah, do all you can. Certainly, it's a last chance, and those starters aren't going to be playing, so it means more playing time for those fringe guys for sure. All right, another interesting position as we wind down the preseason is the backup running back spot. Obviously, you're, you're set at the starters, and it seems like number two is pretty safe with Jalen Samuels, um, but after that, things get dicey. Talk about that situation. with You have Benny Snell. You have Trey Edmonds. How do you see that breaking down? Well, it is Jalen Samuels is the number two guy. You know, he's returning from last year. He had 140-some yards against the Patriots in that win at Heinz Field late in the season. 
and he he can catch, he can run. So he's number two. Uh, number three, I think right now is still undetermined. Tim Benny Snell. They had a lot of hopes for him, drafted in the fourth round from Kentucky, where he piled up a whole lot of yards, a whole lot of touchdowns, short yardage guy and they thought maybe he could be a short yardage guy here to begin with he he just hasn't done it yet and he had a little groin injury didn't play the other night um you know it it probably comes down and they're not going to keep four I don't I don't think they're going to keep four running backs I, I just don't see that it may come down between him and Trey Edmonds who was on their practice squad last year uh Terrell Edmonds brother and he has looked good. Uh, I don't know if he's looked good enough to knock out a fourth-round pick. Uh, we'll see. I think if uh, I think they could put Edmonds back on the practice squad and put Snell on the 53-man roster. I don't know if you cut Snell, some other team doesn't claim him. So when you sit down to watch the fourth preseason game, knowing that you're not going to see any of the starters for the most part, what are you, as a guy that's covering this team and has been covering this team for, for over 30 years, Ed, what are you looking for in preseason game four that, that can, maybe if you share it here, it'll make the game more interesting for the fans out there listening? Tim, just the same thing we've been talking about, the same thing a lot of fans are going to look for, these young guys, who's standing out, who's making plays, you know, um, uh, the quarterback situation, even though I think that's that's signed, sealed, and delivered. You know, some people think that uh, they should keep Devlin Hodges, who was uh, really a good story. He was an undrafted rookie. He didn't nobody signed him after he went undrafted. The Steelers invited him to a tryout during their rookie camp and then signed him, and he's done well this summer. But but they're not going to keep him. They've uh, they don't keep four quarterbacks. They don't put a fourth quarterback on the practice squad. And um, those other three are, are, you know, Roethlisberger, Rudolph, and Dobbs, I think are going to be uh, uh, safe. Dobbs will be safe. Rudolph is here. So uh, I think Hodges um, uh, won't make it. But uh, he's still worth looking at. You know, he'll play probably a lot on uh, Thursday night in, in Charlotte and uh, maybe – maybe some other team might sign him. All right, Ed. Well, we are getting close. One more preseason game, then the cut's coming up Saturday, 4 o'clock Eastern time is the deadline for that. And then it's time to start getting ready for the Patriots and the season opener. We're going to be with you all season long here on The Athletic and, as I said, Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, every Monday um, and a bonus edition every Thursday just on The Athletic exclusively. Uh, Mark Caboli will be with us this Thursday for that one. Ed's going to be with us every Monday. Ed, thanks a lot. People can follow you on Twitter, Ed Bouchette. That's E-D-B-O-U-C-H-E. T-T-E, and they can also, as I saw yesterday, see pictures of your dog sometimes, right? The, is that a Boston Terrier? It is a Boston Terrier, Tim. Uh, and I, I named him Little Poppy after the great red Boston Red Sox slugger, Big Poppy. Ha, I have a Boston Terrier as well. Uh, it's oh, Rufus, though, so there you go. They are the best. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and it's going to be a blast doing this with you all season long. Uh, make sure you follow us, click the button, and every time we drop a new episode, you'll get an alert through the app and follow us on Apple as well. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. 